why we're here today to tell you about how amazing Viking Strong Resistance Bands are. They can be found at our website. Now, let's describe them. They are stretchy and they are squishy. They can be used for many different exercises. Yes, Viking Strong Resistance Bands are used to do more challenging squats, arm stretches, and much more. You can stretch them a lot. Please check out Viking Strong Resistance Bands on our website, www.wildernesslaw.us. When being strong isn't enough, be Viking Strong! There you go. Tristan, you want to read your commercial you wrote? It's good. All items at the Indian Mound Farmer's Market are from local sources. It's also a place to meet some really nice and fun people and bond as a community. It's fresh. All the delicious things at the market are items local farmers bring in from this season's harvest. Awesome products like eggs, pickles, they're the only pickles we buy, honey from Jackass Honey Farms, and jellies and jams. It's fun. They have arts and crafts, fashion accessories, and helicopter rides. Yeah, come on out to Liberty Hill, Texas, and check out Indian Mound Ranch Farmer's Market. Welcome to Season 3 of the Wilderness Law Podcast. Yay! Covering the other parts of this story. What Neil time. Guy are, where we are. Where, which we were mistaken on part of, on part of where the Neil, Neil Guy originated from. Yes. Um, they are actually from India. Yeah. Which we. Oh, I want you, Tristan. Yes. I want you to grab your phone and open up a note. I want to take notes on lessons learned for in case we draw that place again. Um, and I know the main lesson, which will probably be the title of this podcast, unless something changes my mind in this conversation. Uh, but we will hold off on that for now. So I guess let's real quick-ish run through just the narrative, you know. Okay. So on the other podcast, we talked about what we set up for in this one spot. We figured out what Neil Guy droppings look like. No, we we chasing the we chase the Neil Guy. Yeah. Well, I was getting there. Think about how narrative works, goofball. Yeah. Stuff works in order. So yeah, I chased the nail guy. So then we definitely got our steps in. Yeah. Um, and then so the net, so that's when we did our last update was we had just got done chasing the nail guy around for miles and never got close to him. <laughs> then the next day. Morning, we sat in the blind. Uh, we moved blind. Oh no, we didn't sit. Well, we sat in a blind. We moved our blind to set up on Neil Guy 
theoretically. Really, my plan was to glass up some no guy in the big open field, knowing we wouldn't be anywhere near them, just to watch how they, be they behaved and see if there was any pattern to anything, see if we could learn anything. Right. Which was, that was technically day three of the hunt. Day two was when we chased them. Day three is when we set up in their field. And Tristan, how many Neil guys showed up? None. Zero that we saw. And then, so we went back to the truck and ate lunch. And the trail we were on, uh, like, runs north-south. And we parked, we had been parking at the north gate to it. Um, all the days, all these times we've been hunting. And we heard tail, like looking at the map, it was a shorter distance to the Neil Guy field if you went from the south gate and kept hearing all these interesting things about bridge and stuff on the south side so after lunch we probably should have stayed but that figures into the lessons learned thing uh, because it sprinkled just a little bit but we were too tired from walking really to hunt but anyway so we went around the south gate uh, met with met up with two other hunters uh, who like we met them not met up with like we had scheduled and they were interesting guys to say the least they gave us some advice we tried to follow it uh, they were putting us into some cattails but once I got over there I did not like the looks of it just looked too dangerous to be walking through with the Two, both of us being inexperienced, but one of us being a 13-year-old who's not exactly fast. Yeah. In case we ran into, you know, hogs or other critters in the cattails and had to make a quick, uh, what is it, fleeing maneuver. So... We went back to the main trail. By the time we caught up with those guys, they had shot a pig, which uh, when we, gla we glassed the guys first, because I thought they were acting odd. And Tristan was the first one to say, I think they shot something. And he was right. They would shot something, and they were looking for blood trails. Caught up with them. They would shot a pig. And then... We kind of moved forward with those guys and then got to a bridge. Tristan, you get to tell what we found at the bridge. So at the bridge, we walk, uh, we're walking towards it, and then all of a sudden one of the guys is like, here, they're motioning towards me. Make sure your, your levels look good when you're talking. And, yes. Um, yes, they're good. Okay. And he's motioning towards me, like, stay low and be quiet, but come here. And so I'm, I go... And I walk over, and there's a whole bunch of uh, baby alligators. And I look over, and there's a big alligator on the other side, and all we see is the top of its head, like, you know, what they do, where they just show their eyes and their nose out of the top of the water. And we stayed there, and we watched 
gators for a while, and that was cool. So we, it was a nest. Yeah, we found a gator nest. Which was, yeah, that was neat. And one of the guys we met was like messing with them, but. And so honestly, honestly, we kind of hung around wondering if he was going to get eaten. <laughs> but we're glad he didn't get eaten because, even though that would have been very entertaining, because as we were splitting up for us to go north and them to go south, what did we see? Or what did he see? He spotted a Neil guy. He spotted a Neil guy that I'm guessing... Now that I know, so we mapped out where we saw this first Neil guy, and we spotted him at 900 yards. And this Neil guy that he saw, I believe with his naked eyes, was probably well over 1,200 yards. That's my guess. Because me with my naked eye, like, I could not see it until I glanced it first and knew exactly where it was. Then when I took my binos away, I could say, okay, so that brownish speck is a Neil guy. But for whatever reason, he didn't care about chasing Neil guy, so he let us go after him, which we didn't technically chase him. We just got to do what we had wanted to do earlier in the day. Glass and kind of mentally document his behavior and his behavior was he immediately saw us uh, and there was no way we were closing the gap on 1200 yards before sundown uh, so we just watched him and he just fed he watched some pigs showed up near him and he just kind of watched them he fed it down for probably a half hour got back up and fed south and at some point it was sundown and we had to walk back to the truck then yesterday was when I decided it was a lot of fun chasing the old guy but it had been a mistake uh, for the following reason we had ah it was lessons learned so it's not a like out and out mistake but we had basically spent two days figuring out that it was pointless to chase no guy mm -hmm. in that country with a bow and arrow if we had a rifle it'd be one thing but we were we would need to kind of crawl to get to them to close the gap, is my feeling, unless we just lucked upon them in the woods. And I'm not crawling through that stuff. There's Everything is stickers. Stickers and snakes and... Scary birds. Yeah. Cacti. All kinds of different breeds of cacti. So anyway, so we had fun, but accomplished very little. So I decided we really want whitetail, and we know where the whitetail are, and they're closer to the north entrance set trail. So we went back up there, which that was yesterday. And so yeah. we 
hunted in, in uh, that, and yesterday we just kind of happened in the dark on what we decided was a good whitetail spot. And we weren't wrong, but we didn't get far enough off the trail the first time, which that comes into the lesson part two. Uh, so we decided it was a good area, but we found a better spot after the sun came up and we were ready to leave the blind to go to lunch. And we did, went to lunch, came back, hunted this spot that we had found. Then this morning we hunted the same spot we had found. Actually two does came near but not within bow range and busted us pretty quick. I'm still not sure how, honestly. Uh, that didn't really figure into this podcast 100%, but they just saw us. Just 100% saw us. Um, I guess the lesson there would be elevation. Uh, but okay. So Tristan, I want you to talk about what lessons you may or may not feel we should have learned from this or did learn or whatever from this hunt because this is the longest hunt we've ever been on like we stayed there longer than we stayed in Colorado uh, and we you know really realistically we hunted every second we could except for times when we were at the truck and just couldn't move anymore one of the lessons I learned is that if like there's a cool animal but it's not realistic we need to go after the realistic animal and not the cool animal because like the whole reason we wanted to go after the neil guy is because they we thought it would be cool to go after neil guy comparatively to going after the white tail and so we spent more time looking at the neil guy when we should have been spending that time looking for a better looking for better stuff, for a better blind, uh, making our, looking for better sign, looking, making our blind better, um, scouting more. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to what I was going to say is like the major lesson, which is focus, which (laughs) figures into that old adage, plan your hunt and hunt your plan, right? Yep. Because, no, we had fun, learned a lot of lessons, and, you know, that was part of the thing is we didn't know how unhuntable Neil Guy are in that area. And now we know. Um, Really, we should have, we did know it. We talked about it. We basically knew it after the first day. And so we should have just said, okay, that was cool. And the next day, focus on whitetail. But so we've basically lost an entire day of scouting and hunting whitetail that we could have used. And so yeah, that's 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 the main thing. Um, so so for hunting in general, that's the main lesson. 
Do you want to put that down in the lessons learned? Focus. Yeah, the value of focus. Or the invaluability. Yeah, and it's just paramount. And that really, really, that applies to life. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, and that's a problem that I've had in life. And my brother and I have talked about it endlessly because he and I both have that problem. We're both very interested in a lot of things, which for the most part I think is good, except when you're actually trying to accomplish something. Uh, and we may run across some other general hunting lessons, but now let's kind of talk about specific to that place lessons. Okay, specific to that place. Let, number one, tripod. Tripod. Number, yeah. No, okay. It's, uh, it is Texas Brunch. So from my digital scouting, I didn't see any brunch, what I think of as your normal South Texas brush country, which is like seven foot tall at the tallest mesquite trees and uh, then we but that's because the only place like Google Maps had driven past or whatever was an open field like the one where the Neil guy were it was the one where we uh, met the pig hunter guys um, and so that was just not enough visual scouting because if I would have done more research I would have found that all everything north of there was brush country like we think of it of South Texas but at the same time we don't own a tripod stand if we draw up there again we need to buy one or build one or whatever um, which I'd be down with building one especially if we're going to be hunting down here more Lesson number two I found was both of us need to be hunting next time. Yes. Both of us need to have weapons. Accurate. You need to... Yeah, Tristan didn't... We were trying... Hoping he'd have enough... Be pulling enough weight on his bow... Uh, to be shooting... Ethically, lethally... At deer... But we kind of decided he wasn't... I didn't trust myself. Yeah, and so he left his bow in the truck the whole hunt, and I was the only... Well, it's, you know, we didn't get a shot at anything. The only thing we could have shot was that jackrabbit, and that wasn't legal, and we didn't feel... Even if it had been, I don't think we would have shot that jackrabbit. No reason to. And, um... I mean, we would have eaten him if we had shot him, but I didn't even have like the desire to shoot him really so you're out so we would and to do that we would need two tripod lines um, but that you know more scouting beforehand there's never a time when you're gonna say I did too much scouting though so that's 
it's worth putting on the list, but it needs to go on the list after every hunt. Even if you get a deer or whatever, there's no reason to put... could have used more scouting on we, your list of reactions to that hunt. We probably should have talked to the biologist about water levels. Probably was a good idea. Yeah. There was water, but it was... That's not bad. Yeah, but, I mean, the water was still geographically where it said on the map. Yep, I guess. It would be, if we were, I don't see us being like these guys that hunt here every year, maybe. But there's, like, we were talking to guys who've been hunting here for 10, 15, 20 years. And, I don't know, I didn't like it that much. Although the deer are big. It's really huge. Meat-wise, the antlers are not big. they got a lot of meat on them. Uh, okay, and then the bicycle thing I haven't decided on. So most of the guys that are, are accustomed to this spot, the rules are you can't drive into the hunt units. You gotta stop at the gate, and you are allowed to, and then at that point you can either walk or ride a bicycle. I think you can do a horse too, but that's not realistic. But, I don't know, we were on one of the longest trails, and we could have walked from Northgate to Southgate if we wanted to. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if, I'm kind of on the fence on the bicycle thing, because that's a pretty big investment for it being the only hunt we would do it on. I put bike, on the lessons learned, I put bike question mark. Yeah. Game cart? Maybe, but I think we could pack out any animal. If we got a animal, like one Nilga, even in, in the reason I'm saying Nilga is just because it's the biggest animal there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's crazy to say that we can pack it out ourselves. And you're only getting bigger and stronger. And, you know, you're not carrying the whole animal. Head and, leg, head and legs and uh, deboned neck meat and maybe the ribs if they look good. You know, and back strap. So I don't know. I, that's kind of a. So game cart is more more likely to be a thing than a bicycle, but again, I mean, you can't take game carts on western hunts, um, so we would use it, you know, and if we ever get like a deer lease or whatever, you can drive up to your kill with your truck, so. you got? Um, if we're going after a Neil guy, we should probably use a rifle. 
Yeah. Well, have we said there that? you go, as far as yeah, tackle lessons. If we're going in Nilgai in that country, yeah, with all the stickers and everything. Which would mean more than likely you'd be the one hunting them. Yes. I don't feel the need to go to a rifle. You don't ever want to shoot go rifle hunting? Not you? really. I mean, maybe, but it's like, I like both hunting. No. I guess I have lady feet. You do have lady feet. Um, what else you got? Lessons? Um. We should probably, uh, prepare better in the provisions because like if we had gone full not wanting to leave the place the whole entire time because we didn't have enough mountain houses and we didn't have enough water yeah that's something I kind of learned because I don't know you and me have kind of played it fast and loose on these hunts because in my head it's just like well it's not Colorado so if we need to leave, we can Yeah, I just... I'm at the point where I want to, like, save time and money. And it's easier to just have sandwich stuff or whatever in the cooler. And, yeah, some extra mountain houses or whatever. We need heavy-duty bug spray. Yeah, for this place. That's another thing. And... That's something put on the list, uh, just because you're going to email it to me when we're done. Yep. I need Why is this insurance moron always behind me? I don't know. There's a guy driving. I just can't get off my bunker for some reason. Um, but we need to figure out if, how to fumigate a truck. Because... I'm saying there's a bunch of those ticks in this truck. The the ticks that they specifically do not want to leave South Texas because they affect the, the livestock. But it's not like we're gonna be the ones who spread it because there's a whole bunch of other guys that probably have them in their truck too. Yeah, most of them aren't going back up north like us. We didn't see an ocelot. I wanted to see an ocelot. I know. Oh, oh, oh. If we had the opportunity, I would love to hunt that place like all season long. You know, like get to where you can pattern animals. That would be cool. Like uh, Sam Houston? Draw permit there like Sam Houston? Yeah. They don't have permits like that there, but that uh, would be cool. I don't, and yeah, in Sam Houston, I think the reason they do have permits like that there is uh, 
ain't a whole lot of deer. Almost feels weird that they let hunting happen, but it's, I don't know, it's a different ecosystem. I think maybe the carrying capacity is less deer. Uh, but yeah, we're both tore up with, we thought it was chigger bites, but after talking to a few people, it's those ticks. They're just all over us from the neck down. And that was, and most of the bites were after we started putting on bug spray. So. No, most of my bugs, my, my bites were the first day. I, I don't think so. I think those have done healed. I think a lot of the ones you're feeling now are ones that we got after we started putting on bug spray. The name of the podcast should be Enjoy the Lyme Disease. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. we got to figure that out. If there's actually something uh, stuck in us as far as tick heads or whatever. It's like I'm playing leapfrog with this idiot in this insurance truck. And I'm going the same speed. Like, I'm not slowing down and speeding up. He's probably just texting or something. But he's not podcasting. Maybe. Insurance 101. Yeah, I think it works. I think that's the same company that Jeff Holder works for. I'm not sure. Anyway, any other lessons? Um. Should be a lot. We should be able to. We could almost write a book about that hunt. Yeah. But I'm just like so tired. No. We didn't even do anything. We sat down on blind for a little bit, got busted, and the hunt was over. Uh, I mean, we could say wind directly, but we we actually were pretty good at the watching our wind direction. Yeah. And that's something I can say is no animal that we were hunting or or whatever ever got us based solely on wind. Because Neil guy got our wind eventually, but that was well after they saw like visual, visually busted. Those does today, it was definitely not wind. They caught us visually. And I don't know why or how we were camoed in pretty good. I'd like to, I was trying to find, so we were, we met a different hunter where we were parking at the North Gate, a guy named Chris, and we actually got to where we were kind of gate buddies, where we saw him almost every time we were at the gate, and he has a lot more, he seemed young, but he has a lot more uh, experience here, and I kind of wish we'd exchanged, uh, we left our number on his truck, like tucked it into his windshield wiper, but kind of wish we'd exchanged information, because I'm curious to know if he got anything after we left, because he was, I think he was closer to the hunt area, like it's six hours from our front door to the hunt area, six hours on 
just straight driving. Um, which I don't mind the driving, it's just like logistically it's yeah. a pain. And then I don't know if you missing school for that hunt again would be good. I'm I am glad Marion didn't come. Yeah. We you know we wanted to take to bring Marion on this because I thought it'd be relatively easy. Seven point eight miles later. No, not the driving. No, I'm talking about walking. Oh, walking. Yeah. Oh, you said miles of the hours. Um. Yeah, the walking and the, especially the ticks. She would have been tore up with the ticks. Especially how small she is. They'd yeah, be all the way it would have been. We probably would have not made it two days and had to turn around and left. And you and me would have been mad at her, even though it would have been our fault. Um, but, yeah, so the folks that run the hunt, the area, which are federal, national, what is it, wild, I can't remember, federal, national, wildlife, blah, 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 they don't let people hunt that aren't, that, whose names aren't on the permit, and so she couldn't come, and so we were all sad and mad about it, but yeah, now, hindsight is 2020 kind of a thing. That's very good because she may have hated hunting forever after that. And the lesson that's another lesson is we don't need to be taking her on real long hunts yet. You know, you, you started with turkey hunts that were four hours long. You know, it was half day. I know at least, I remember one, at least one of your first hunts. We did the hunt, and we're back in Liberty Hill for you to play a baseball game. And by play a baseball game, I mean for you to stare blankly at the grass. While the baseball game happened around you. Um, but yeah, like, we need to make it as easy as possible on her to just have, like, the fun fun and easy parts of the you know, like, we're going over to Sam Houston, we're not going to see a ton of, animals, you know, it's not like turkey hunting, where we're going to talk to turkeys right out the gate, um, that's just not going to happen, so we just need to know to take it easy, have fun, that's you hunting, so, we need to get some target practice in in case we do see something. I can hunt too, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna take my bow in case you like tag out early, but I'm not gonna be carrying it with me until you do. Um, but yeah, so like we'll go for like a weekend hunt. So we'll just like go a couple hours in the morning, 
then find some goofing around things to do and then go for like in sundown kind of a thing you know uh, so what else you got buddy what else did you learn um oh yeah i need to open my notes reopen my notes um to be still <laughs> Yeah, you got into some bad habits, or I guess fell out of good habits. Is and I kind of did too. Like I was moving quicker than I should be. Like, uh, but yeah, both of those are lessons you learned a long time ago. And then just because of our weird hunting schedule and sporadic hunting schedule, uh, you get bored quicker for some reason and you get herky-jerky in your movements more than you used to do. I'm not sure what that's all about. But, yeah, you need to get your head straight. Son! Uh, Chris. At least he got out of our way. Yeah, after getting in our way. True. Um, so we need to work on that. Uh, calling? I don't know. We're I thought we did pretty good at calling. I don't know. I mean, I've heard deer grunt, but I can't say for sure that we're doing a good job at oh. it. Interesting. I'm, you know? And we communicated with some birds. That was fun. What? Those grunt birds. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Like, there's a handful of birds, like, different kinds of birds on the property that make sounds that sound like different deer sounds. There's one type of bird that does a grunt. There's one type of bird that sounds like the blow, like a snort, you know, wheeze or whatever you call it. That's yeah. weird, man. Yeah. And disconcerting. Mm-hmm. And then there's another type of bird that gang up together when they go to the water. You were sleeping during this. But they definitely, they sound like a huge animal. I know, splashing I've, I've in heard the water. those. Yeah. And they, so I stuck my head up and looked over and saw just tiny little birds. I'm like, okay. So the the aural a u r a l experience was confusing, and I don't know. I guess eventually, like a, a lot of those guys have been there a bunch, they can tell the difference. But I was having trouble with it. A rookie. There are a ton of things there that birds and bugs that I don't have any familiarity with, which is cool. I don't know. I'm about ready to wrap this podcast up. What do you yeah. think, Hoss? You got, got any more lessons? Let's run through the list and see if we think of any. The value of focus tripod, two hunting. 
two hunters, more scouting, bike, question mark, game cart, question mark, nail guy equals rifle, anti-bug, uh, don't take youngins on long hunts, be still. Yeah. Be still, my heart. Alright, that's all I got. Thank yeah. y'all for listening. If any of y'all have any opinions, feedback, whatever, we would love to hear it. So hit us up on Facebook or just, you know, the Wilderness Law Podcast or, you know, Twitter and what's the other one, Instagram, but whatever, at Wilderness underscore law. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we, this podcast is all about my kids learning to hunt, which mostly is for me, and I'm not super experienced at it, I'm a lot, especially these weird hunts that we do, I'm just as new as y'all are. Um, so if anybody has any input or even questions, that, all of that would be awesome and would help. Uh, but yeah, thank y'all for listening. That's all I got. Bye. bye. Say bye. Bye.